I've talked a lot about generational toxicity, but what about the emotional generational toxicity? Well, the author of a new book, Women Unleashed, has come on to give us some great insight about that. But more importantly, what can we do about it? Oh my gosh, I, I learned from every episode, but I realized something else during this episode. We'll see if you can pick up on it. So stay tuned. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cyto Detox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cyto Detox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly as we practice what I preach for over 15 years. I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we welcome someone from our own HCF family, Dr. Sonia Jensen. Dr. Jensen is a naturopathic doctor who works with women to help them better understand themselves, their hormones, and the relationship between the stress, trauma, and emotional health that they're dealing with. And now she can add published author to her list of credentials with her book, Woman Unleashed, coming out this December. You can pre-order her book at womanunleashedbook.com, which we will also put in the show notes. And I am so excited about this conversation. So let's get started and welcome Dr. Sonia Jensen and of course, Dr. Pompa to the show. Welcome both of you. Thank you. Well, we're excited. Uh, look, in, in our group, uh, we always bring you on as the expert in this area. So you're going to share uh, this with my audience. So I, I so appreciate that. Uh, your subtitle, I love it, actually, Release Your Story. You're going to talk mm -hmm. about that because I get that, man. I, I, that was me and my mm -hmm. wife. Uh, revive your hormones. And what we realize, especially with my wife, that, oh, if she didn't release the story, she wasn't reviving her hormones. <laughs> so this is, that's why I love it. And then reclaim your freedom, which is ultimately the answer. I I think uh, my wife would resonate with every bit of that. And I think most women watching this. All right, but let's back up into your story because how did you, yeah, to become an expert in something, I always say from pain to purpose uh, and to promise, you know, you were promised to be here, I believe in my heart, but uh, tell your story. Yeah, there's multiple layers to the story. And I think it kind of started first when I was in naturopathic school and working with women then. And at that time, I was married to somebody else, um, to not Dr. Nick. That well, her, her, her husband, Dr. Nick, is also one of our doctors yes. on this show. And that's why, that's why she said it. Like yeah. yeah. And um, when I was working with these women, I was starting to understand that they were reaching a certain age, age group. And then their hormones will go off. Like they're in perimenopause, menopause. They're reflecting on life. They're thinking about all the different traumas that they've been through. They have all these stories wrapped around who they are. And they just kept mirroring for me my own story. 
and my upbringing and my traumas and how I had made decisions based on that. And it was also very reflective in my body. I had PCOS at that time, um, cervical dysplasia, very severe and lots of stress. But on the outside, it looked like this healthy 20 something year old that had everything going for her. And at that time, I started making certain decisions like getting a divorce and on this path of self-discovery. And through that, I understood that my past and, you know, a memory that I had when I was eight years old of being sexually abused was the thing that changed everything in my life, how I saw myself, how I saw the world, how I related to even being a woman. And then that in itself started to trickle into my own health. So then when I started to uncover all these moments in my life and how they changed my physiology, I knew I needed to get this message out into the world because so many women are dealing, and men too, really, if you think about it, but so many women are carrying these backpacks that are full of stories and they don't know that they can actually shift from them because they're giving them an opportunity to understand themselves better, their physiology better, and that we can take our power back and have that freedom again that gets lost along the way. Mm. Yeah, it's so it's so true, right? And you know, on this show, I, I talk a lot about um, the physical and the chemical uh, aspect of what drives cellular inflammation. But yet, you know, we don't we don't talk enough about our trapped emotions and our stories, right? And you know, that's you know that is one of the big things. Look, it was there's a book sitting right over there, um, the biology of belief. Mm-hmm. I, that was the first time first book I read years ago that he brought out the science of our thoughts drive cellular inflammation. And that transformed my message from that day on, because I thought of it as always toxins, right? But yet the body doesn't know the difference. You know, one of the things I've always drawn on, and it's probably worth doing just so people have an understanding. I've drawn a lot of buckets on this show and a lot of cells, but, you know, I do call this the stress bucket. Physical, chemical, or emotional stress fill this bucket from the time in utero. And then as we go through life, the stress bucket fills to one day it overflows. So many people watching this, this is where they are, right? Mm -hmm. So the question then is, look, I'm an expert in reducing the chemical load on this bucket, which if we can reduce this, then, hey, that we give the body a chance to heal. But unfortunately, to your point that we could, that bucket in your case uh, was filled with a lot of emotional stuff. And our thoughts, according to a biology of belief, drive cellular inflammation. And I, I want to draw one more thing, bring this whole, all my viewers into context here, is that I've drawn this many times. If that's a cell, remember our hormone receptors are on the cell itself. In hormones, I just drew thyroid hormone there, but I could draw insulin. I could draw many estrogen for your women. Um, they have to, they have to attach to these receptors and get their message in the cell. And then everything works great and we feel great, but here's the missing link. I talk about how inflammation blocks those receptors and just by taking hormones isn't the answer. And oftentimes it makes our blood work look better, but we're going, I still don't feel well. Because then it's what is driving this cellular inflammation? Yes, toxins do it. But according to biology of belief and Bruce Lipton, that our thoughts in specifically trapped emotions. So talk about your journey then. I mean, okay, Mm -hmm. great. You realize that 
you know, these traumas in the past, you know, your thoughts about them were affecting your hormones. You know, what was your journey like? Because I'm sure there's other people watching this that go, okay, yeah. So what'd you do about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think when I really understood that those trapped emotions were driving um, all my decisions. So how I was eating, um, who I was around, the choices that I was making were all driven according to that survival mechanism that was really imprinted into that amygdala and into that memory storage. So then when, you know, food would show up or in, at that, that age, it was alcohol and other things that I needed in order to feel a certain way or in order to feel the dopamine, in order to feel just okay with myself. So those habits that I was um, indulging in every single day were because of those emotions and because of those thoughts. My thought about not really having a lot of self-worth so comparison and all these other things were showing up for me that in itself would create a decision and then an action mm. and then that bucket would just kept getting you know more and more full and i'm really glad that you brought that in utero thing up too because really the story doesn't begin just when i was eight the story would have started even before yeah. and now when i think about some of the things my mother had to go through when she was pregnant with me all of that got imprinted into my yeah. own self-worth and how I'm going to move through life, and then my decisions, and then from that place, my bucket. So I really had to understand that first, and then I can make the decisions of like, okay, I can investigate, I can test my heavy metals, I can do these things, I can see why my immune system maybe isn't as efficient as somebody else's because of this excess cortisol that my body is always running off of. So once I understood that, then I could take the right things, I could detox, I could do the right things that are going to support that whole picture. And then I just, I keep reverse engineering all the time, even now when I have a thought of like, okay, where is this actually coming from? And why, why is my skin breaking out? Or why is this happening? Why is that happening? It's not just in this moment. I'm always reverse engineering to understand what emotion is behind it, what toxicity is behind it, what mm. chemical thing is behind it. So it's always just being curious and investigating into yourself, I think is the thing that can bring you into that path of understanding what your solution is. Yeah, you know, I, I look at everything from my life as cause and effect, right? I, you know, sometimes to a maddening point for me, I mean, I just truly believe there's a cause for everything and I run mm -hmm. my life that way, right? So, but I, I think to your point though, is oftentimes when we look at our behaviors, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily say, oh, that's, uh, you know, I'm thinking this way or I acted that way oddly. I responded that way to my spouse or my loved one. You know, we don't look to the cause of that. Why did I respond that way, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it leads to a root of a weed. <laughs> if you look at the response, a bad response is a weed, right? You know, so you started, it sounds like you started evaluating like all of those things in your life. I mean, obviously your thoughts and mm -hmm. you still do. Mm -hmm. But like, take, take our listeners, you know, through that process, because where do they start? You know, meaning yeah. our bad thoughts, you even said your bad actions are, were really from some things, you know, that happened, you know, mm -hmm. you know, earlier in your life, but how do we change that? I, you know, yeah. identifying it's one thing, right? Okay. Wait a minute. That was a really horrible response. It's probably linked to something negative here. I mean, help yeah. us. Yeah. There's um, two great authors that I, always look back at uh, Viktor Frankl and Dr. Edith oh. Edgar. Yeah, he's got that quote that your freedom lies in between your stimulus and the response. Yeah. 
And so I, I call them the pause moment. In, in, even in my book, in every chapter, there's a pause moment. So when you're in an experience, no matter what it is, you can give yourself the opportunity to pause for just a moment. And then in that pause, you can start asking a question. So my question that I ask myself is, is this going to nourish me? Or is this going to nourish this experience? And as soon as you do that, it's like now you're out of your emotional body, more into your conscious, logical body. And you can kind of understand like, well, why, what is this feeling that's inside of me right now? You can start to question that a little bit. And then you can respond instead of react. I think that's the difference. When we're in that survival brain, we're reacting. But when we're actually stepping out of that into that conscious brain, we are now responding. So now the choice that I make in either eating something that's going to fuel me or it's going to take away from me is going to be made from that conscious decision of like, wait, I want freedom. So therefore, I'm going to eat a certain way. So I think having that pause is also key in order to get yourself out of that, um, I call it the triangle of disconnection. And in that triangle, we can either be a victim, a rescuer, or a bully. And in the book, I also bring in um, different elements of women, whether they can be the damsel, the duchess, or the diva. So that kind of relates to the different parts of our hormonal system. When we're stuck in that cycle, we're stuck in a pattern. But when we pause, we can be the observer of our actions and what's going on. We can kind of hover above the experience and then we can wow. respond. You know, I read a book recently called What Happy People Know. And the, the, the guy who wrote it is like, he's, they call him the Sigmund Freud of the 21st century. And they bring him on, on in on very, very difficult cases. He talked about that pause. He actually said, you have like, you know, this second that you can, and now he talked about it from a little differently. He, you know, your, bo your bodies are in this, cellular danger response to save our life, right? Which mm -hmm. we get there from any trauma, right? And oftentimes people that aren't feeling well, can't balance their hormones, et cetera, they're stuck in the cellular danger response. And again, your amygdala, that part that, you know, controls that. He said that you have this second to basically change the thought. You have the second to say, hey, I'm not going to run that pattern anymore. That's what you're talking about. He, mm -hmm. listen, this, this guy is like, you know, there's this brilliant guy who like helps all these cases. And one of the things he does is he trains people to pause in that thought because he says that you can take that message, your amygdala sends a message to your hypothalamus that sends a message to your, your the rest of your endocrine system, your pituitary, your thyroid, your adrenals, your hormone system. And that whole cascade goes in and you're like, but I physically don't feel well. And I can talk about it because listen to my heart. Da, 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 it's not in my head. Listen to my physical body, right? It's like, well, your body created that from the amygdala, but you have that pause to change the response. If you don't change it, he talks about, and you're talking about, then you're going to keep running the same pattern over and over again. And the bad part is your cells are just running the same pattern of dysfunction. So that pause is the key mm -hmm. to change the messaging that's in the amygdala. So yeah. the body and the mind like familiarity, right? Yeah. We like patterns and especially the brain loves patterns. So it takes work to actually disrupt that pattern. And sometimes that's a practice or sometimes that's some sort of biohacking or sometimes it's neurofeedback or whatever it is that we have to disrupt the pattern. And that pause is that opportunity to disrupt it. Mm. You know, I, I don't remember if it was his book or another one, but um, it, it talked about uh, the mitochondria, that little area in our cells. I keep drawing my cells. 
they have these little powerhouse areas that we learned in our biology and most people listening and watching the powerhouse of the cell makes ATP. However, what we didn't learn, at least I didn't, um, is that that the other job that this mitochondria have in your cells is the cellular surveillance. They mm -hmm. surveillance stress in stressful situations, whether it's emotional, physical, or chemical. And its job is, oh, we're under stress. Well, it turns down the cell energy and it goes in and it initiates this cellular danger response and it shuts down all the cell pathways or slows them down. And then a healthy person comes out of it and they feel normal again. Kind of like when you get the flu, you're wiped out for three days and then you come out of it and you're normal again. The cells are doing that response. But when you have these traumas and these thoughts that are in the amygdala, constantly sending the same thing as that I'm under trauma, I'm under trauma, then you get stuck there. And you're, these mitochondria, we know so many diseases today are caused by these mitochondria, right? Mm -hmm. I can't lose weight. I can't use fat for energy. I don't buy brain fog. I, all of that comes from bad mitochondria. But a lot of people in our space are trying to do everything physical for the mitochondria. But to your point is that, wait a minute, it's just doing its job by saying we're under stress, but it starts in the brain and that amygdala. Mm -hmm. So if we can pause change the where that's coming from ultimately we can change the surveillance of that yeah. yeah people often ask me like why i mainly work with women and when you look at the mitochondria that comes from your mother's dna mm -hmm. right that's coming from your mother's lineage and i think that you know a woman is the first relationship that any child has no matter who you are in the world and so if the mother is stressed then that child is going to be born stressed with stressed mm -hmm. mitochondria and stressed adrenals. So I find the more work we do in this realm, the more we're going to change the world and the trajectory it needs to change in. Cause like you were saying, most of the conditions are from that mitochondria and they're getting burnt out and the hormones, your organs, like everything is just doing its job according to its environment exactly. and the signals it's receiving. And whether that's through the emotions, the chemicals, the, the toxicity, but even the toxicity evokes an emotion within the body, right? There are the toxic thoughts or the news or whatever. It's, it's invoking an emotion that has a meaning to you that's unique than it would be to somebody else. And that's what's gonna invoke that whole cascade with the amygdala grabs memory from the hippocampus. Hey, we've been here before, we don't like it here. We gotta do whatever we can to move out of that state. And like you said, we're in that every single day because we're constantly in so much noise. So those pause moments, whether it's in an experience or you're consciously taking moments before you start your day to create an intention that I'm going to be conscious with these experiences, that in itself changes the trajectory of your day. I had to reprogram that whole pathway you just described because I would react severely to mold and chemicals. And I had to basically that pause, I would like know that I'm getting exposed, right? Whether I could smell it typically or not, because some molds I didn't smell it, but I would feel these symptoms. I would have to literally change my thoughts in, the, in that pause and then change what's being sent to my hypothalamus and you know mm -hmm. throughout my body. And I learned to do it. I learned to stop that reaction and mm -hmm. not create it every time, but it took some time. It really did. So let's, you know, that was my physical, you know, the reaction mm -hmm. to mold or chemicals, but the, really the same thing was happening. So let's take what I did then and let's turn that into um, something that happened to us years ago.
Mm -hmm. um, and then go through that same process. You said, you know, how mm -hmm. we have to pause, we have to think about it differently. I believe we have to speak about it differently, even if we don't believe it yet. I think we yeah. have to speak about it differently because, you know, that, that sends wavelengths. But, um, I, you know, I, I had a, a thought there that, you know, that I was thinking of because it's trauma, because it's a thought, um, oftentimes people don't know yeah. that they had a try. They, they blocked maybe that they've been raped or abused as a child. Mm -hmm. So what if that's the case? Then how do we yeah. think about it differently than reprogram it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And for me, I wasn't aware until I was in my late 20s. And um, it was actually when somebody really close to me passed away, all of a sudden, I started having these memories of that event. And mm. from there, I started waking up like, oh, this, this is why I've been experiencing all the things. So for a long time, I had no idea that is that was my reason. So it, did, it took like another shock to my system in order to wake that. And I don't know if we always need to go back there, but I do, I do feel that most of us have inner child work to do because mm -hmm. whether it was an extreme situation like mine or even as a young child feeling like your parents are too busy, even though they love you, they do all the things, but they're so busy doing what they're doing and you're trying to show them this drawing that you drew and they're not giving the attention that you want and all of a sudden your self-worth has been lowered. It could be something as simple as that. So I feel like we all have stories from there. And I don't think we need to get locked into the story. Um, in, in shamanic teachings, they talk about just shedding the skin, like shedding that story. And the way to do that is to one, recognize when you start doing those pause moments, that there is something I am holding on to. There is a story wrap. Just, just that awareness in itself will create momentum forward. Because when we sit in the past, also, we get stuck in a state of depression. When we get stuck in a state of future tense, we're getting stuck in a state of anxiety. So when we stay present right now and we start to recognize that, yes, I have a story. We all have a story. And it could be getting bullied at school. It could be some of the most like simple things in our life that is creating this response. And the way we wake up to that is we ask the question, like, who does this belong to? Because we may, you know, our partner may be cooking something and we're in our minds about something and all of a sudden we're reactive and it's got nothing to do with that situation. But maybe in another moment, we felt like we couldn't trust somebody or maybe in another moment, we felt like there was something bigger going on. So we get trapped in that illusion and in that thought. So asking yourself, who does this, reactions even if it's after the reaction who did that belong to like was that a story I was told when I was a young kid yeah. is this something I saw on social media and I'm supposed to react did I see that on the news oh I should I should be fearful of something so constantly questioning where did this story come from that in itself will kind of unveil slowly because we don't have to rip the band-aid either right. right we can unveil it slowly like okay everything in my life is a consequence of me so if we start to understand that like, I'm going to question me and where this stuff is coming from. Then we can change that. You know, the psychologist who wrote the book, What Happy People Know, um, he agrees with you. He says that the old way of thinking you had to go back and just like uproot it and bring it. He says, no, nah, it's, it's not it's not like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. he, he basically you described, I think, easier than he did in the book. So I'm sure you do in, in your book. But, um, you know, it's doing exactly what you said. Um, it basically, you know, he, he said as well, and, and he works with extremely hard cases. So, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's not what we think, 
um, oftentimes, right? I mean, mm -hmm. where things come from, how we actually, you know, move from them. But, you know, it does eventually take us thinking about it differently. You know, when I think about every hard thing in my life that's happened, I can honestly say it's what's made me me and, mm -hmm. and uh, what's made me great or gave me what I needed to serve what I serve now, right? My dyslexia. I, if I didn't, have, and, and I'll tell you, I had so many adult bad behaviors that came out of my dyslexia. Mm -hmm. I had to go through the process you just described because I would say, wait a minute, where, where is that coming from? And invariably I realized, oh my gosh, it's coming from my insecurity out of my dyslexia because mm -hmm. I was so embarrassed as a child. And, and I, 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 when I tell this like this, I always have to say, you know, I, I, it sounds so minimal compared to other traumas that people had, but you have to understand in my mind, I was a dumbass. I couldn't read. I was horrible because of it. And I didn't want to live because of it. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, every day of school was the most painful day of my life. Right. So my reality was my life was horrible and it set up all of these insecurities that went on as an adult. And until I started realizing that, holy cow, I wouldn't be able to be this person if it wasn't for that. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I, I had to compensate for dyslexia. I developed a part of my brain that I could literally read something 10 years you know, later and, and go, oh, I remember where that was and, and put it together with something I was reading or studying now. So it's like all of that came out of my dyslexia. So that was like, okay, so that wasn't so bad. I, I needed that. My brain worked special because of that. And then my illness came. Everything I learned about like, how possibly could this work for good? I don't want anything that God's teaching me in this. And then realizing that everything I teach now came out of that, right? I, I have so many other examples. So the point is, is that we can look at every bad thing and we have to reframe how mm -hmm. we think about it. We don't have to drudge it mm -hmm. up or even get stuck there. You know, yeah. we have to fast forward to who we are because of it, you know? Absolutely. Because there, there's so many gifts in that too. And I think the trouble is when like landing it back into our bodies is when the body takes it on and we're not aware that that's going on. So for many women, I will see, um, you know, ovarian cysts or fibroids, like any growths that are happening in a woman's body, there's usually some form of resentment. And that resentment could even just be like she lived out her life where she was taking care of the kids the whole time and her husband and the household. And now she's in perimenopause, menopause, and you know what's, what's left for her. And it's, she did all the things she was supposed to do. She played the roles she was supposed to play. She wore the mask she was supposed to mask just to get through life. But yet very deep inside, there was some resentment that she couldn't live the life that she wanted for herself or she had her own dreams that she had to push aside. And then the body kind of takes takes that in. And for other women with endometriosis, I've seen they usually have some sort of childhood trauma around some sort of abuse or neglectful home. I had one woman who grew up in a home where her parents were um, drug addicts. So these things start to show up and your body starts to take it in. So when we start to also recognize that these symptoms that we're feeling are a reflection of how we're digesting life or how we have had to digest life, we then can also just unveil that hold that the story has on us. And then as soon as we're able to recognize that, and then like you were saying, reframe and see, okay, what was a gift? Like my gift from my experience when I was eight, year old, eight years old is that I can see through bullshit. Like I can really, I can read people's faces. I can see, I can see that mm -hmm. a mile before somebody else can because mm -hmm. my spidey sense, I call it, 
is really heightened because of that experience. So there are definitely gifts in every experience, but when we're in it, in the challenge, it's so hard, especially when it's happening to a child, like nobody yeah. ever wants that pain. Like I'm a mother, I don't want my kids to deal with pain, but I also know they're going to have to go through some adversity so that they become the best versions of themselves. I think that looking for the gifts in it, there's always gifts in it. I mean, even the most horrific, you can say fast forward and go, yeah, but you know what? Like you said, you develop the sense, right? You develop, I mean, it's probably going to be different for everybody, but I think you have to uncover those gifts. And then, then it becomes easier to start to say, oh, wow, if I didn't have this, this wouldn't have happened. If mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't be this, I wouldn't have been able to help so-and-so or what, you know, whatever it is, but that's a process to your point. You know, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it is, it, it's a process of reframing how, you know, we think about it and who we become because of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because again, we've set up an identity, typically not good. Um, and we misbehave because of it. So, you know, that's not just going to unravel overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The identity is really there to protect us. Right? Right. We, we put on the mask, we create the walls, to make sure that we never have to feel that way ever again. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until we recognize that who we are isn't actually who we are, is then when we can start like peeling the layers away. And then you create space in your life for um, connection and also for help. Like we humans aren't very good at asking for help, like seek out people that will support you through that process. Like you said, it's not an easy one and it is in a process so it's not going to be overnight and I still have moments where I react and I mean you know Nick he's like the angel of all angels and will say something and I'm like and I'll snap at him and I recognize oh that really wasn't about him or us at all it came from a totally different place and it could just be him looking at me in a different way right so yeah. we react in these ways every single day and not even know where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I believe me, I, I, I'm guilty too, uh, no doubt about it. But I've gotten better, right? It's like, I mean, you do, you get better, right? Mm -hmm. And my, my wife always says, well, it, we always have a choice, you know, get bitter or better, you know, and it is that. a choice, right? Yeah. It is a choice. And dang it, yeah. I'm going to heal, you know. But so I, you brought up something I, I thought it was very interesting. You know, you brought up the, the, the physical things, right, that mm -hmm. correlate to certain things. Are there others? You know, um, are there some other physical manifestations of certain types of traumas? Yeah, for sure. I find um, if there's been an incidence where a woman hasn't been able to use her voice, whether that's in a relationship or when she was young or something happened where she had to shut her voice down, I definitely see thyroid issues there, especially things like uh, Hashimoto's and autoimmune, because now it's like her, there's an inner battle happening within her. So her voice was suppressed and this is our communication center. So when that's being suppressed, we can, we can do all the right things, but then if that's still not being unleashed within her and she's still having to control herself and not being able to speak her truth, that in itself, the inflammation is still going to stay there. So energetically, that's if there's like a stuck energy and, you know, Chinese medicine speaks to this a lot. When it, when you look at your liver, if there's anger within you, your liver, you're going to have ex excess liver heat. So there's going to be excess inflammation in your body. When somebody's dealing with grief, their lungs are affected and how they're breathing. And so these manifestations happen on a very physical level and you know infertility now is on the rise and there's various reasons from toxicity and all the different things that we're going through and facing today and one big thing that i find is also the mother wound when women 
um, haven't healed their relationship with their mothers or just the energy of that relationship and maybe feel like they wouldn't be a fit mother because of their experience. I've seen that too block their ability to conceive because it really is the ovum that decides when the sperm comes in, whether it's a good sperm or not. And if that ovum isn't supported, then it's not going to let anything in. So I find there's so much that happens in the reproductive system, like our breast tissue is for nourishment. So a woman doesn't nourish herself, breast cancer. I have one patient right now, constantly nourishing her entire family, takes care of every single individual, has sponsored them from where they're from and is taking care of them, does all the right things, does the keto detoxes, does everything, ended up with breast cancer, right? So nine out of 10 are environmental and a big part of that environment for a woman with breast cancer is stress. And stress in itself physiologically is going to change your hormones, up your cortisol, downregulate your progesterone, your estrogen, testosterone, all the hormones that help you thrive. But when you look at the big picture, we can help her. But if she doesn't shift how she's living life and how she's perceiving life and herself, mm. something else is going to show up in place of that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always talk about the perfect storm, right? It's never mm-hmm. one thing. Physical, mm-hmm. chemical, emotional, these storm fronts come together and the catastrophic storm occurs, just like the movie, right? Three stressors. And you have these stored toxins where it started probably, you know, in utero, and then we acquire our own. But, you know, maybe if you didn't have any other stressors in your life, uh, you know, you would deal with it. Your body has an intelligence to deal with it. But then we have these other stressors that come in and then the perfect storm and boom, the gene gets triggered and we become ill. Now, but what I've found and you, we all have found is unless we rewind those stressors, unless we deal with those stressors, then we're really not going to turn the gene off. We're not going to get our life back. So mm-hmm. again, what we're saying is, is that these emotional traumas in our life could be one of the storms, two of the storms mm-hmm. that have triggered the gene and why you're still not well or why you're not well. Um, in your book, um, do you talk about, I mean, obviously, you, you know, everything we're talking about, you talk about in the book, but um, these connections, these physical connections you talk mm-hmm. about, and you give solutions specifically for uh, each one. Yeah, absolutely. So in those pause moments, there's different first, firstly, it's all about self-discovery. So like uncovering some of those um, things or stories that have been holding us back. And then from that, and from my perspective, yoga meditation has been one of the key things for me that have supported me over the years, meditation, prayer, like all anything that kind of gets me out of that space of this physical body and connected to something bigger. And then the other realm I'm giving, you know, tangible things that you can do every day, like questioning yourself or unveiling some of those habits and triggers that are in your life. So you can look at like each room in your home, each room in your body, in your mind and start to like cleanse that out. So there's these tangible things that you can every day, but first you have to understand yourself before you you can even create those other habits that are going to support you. So that's kind of the trajectory of the, the book. Women Unleashed, uh, the link will be right here. Uh, I'm telling you, this gal, uh, she has taught our doctors and me uh, about these topics. You know, it's it, you just can't be an expert just by reading books. You have to be an expert by living it. <laughs> so, yes. you know, it's like, and you, you know, you lived it out, uh, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I, I always tell the story when I was in Africa and I spoke from stage, I had an interpreter and after I was done speaking, the gentleman who put this huge leadership conference on, a very powerful man came very quickly down to the stage to speak with me. And I was like, oh God, what did I say? Right? 
It's like, there was an interpreter. I, I, I must have been, you know, misrepresented. <laughs> and he said, Dr. Bubba, your, your authority, uh, your, your victory, your authority comes from the victory God gave you, not from your years of school, your knowledge. You know, and I never really truly understand what that meant until much later. You know, meaning that like everything I speak with authority on, it's because I lived it and the victory mm -hmm. that I had it. And I would say the same to you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like your, your authority comes with the victory God gave you through this. And now you have had such an impact on so many people, not just women. But uh, in particular, you know, you talk about women because like you said, there's, there's a generational component here. Mm -hmm. You know, four generations of toxicity we know gets handed physically from one generation to the next. Epigenetically, genes get turned on for four generations. What that means is if there is a trauma here, uh, that could be affecting you today. Mm -hmm from three generations before. Do you discuss mm -hmm. that in the book at all? I do, um, to that degree, yes, with the physical and also with the energetics and just trauma and stress in general. Um, a lot of traditions talk about seven generations before and seven generations forward where they've actually, oh. and even further, they've mapped out 14 generations now. So when there's a story that was imprinted in your grandmother or great grandmother and beyond that, that same story is carried out because when I was in my mother's, um, I was still, well, when my mother was in her mother's womb, I was already being built, right? So my story was already being created there. And so when you look at all that trajectory of the different stories of how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to be, all, all those things, those different stresses that the generations had to move through, they're all here to help us survive. And so this story that gets passed down, the only way we can release it is to uncover it, like you were saying, with looking at our environment and all the three chemical stresses and the toxins and physical and emotional, everything. Yeah. But now if we revisit the, the title and the subtitle, Women Unleashed, get it. But release your story makes more sense now. Release your story, revive your hormones and reclaim your freedom. You know, that's just, uh, it's such a beautiful title, honestly. And thank you. Uh, it means, uh, it means a lot to many people because that right there, I relate to, and I can tell you my wife relates to So I know many of our viewers relate to it as well. So thank you for the book. Thank you thank for your you. contribution. Thank you for coming on cellular healing TV. Thank you for educating our doctors on these topics. And, um, we will have you back, but the, right now I know this is a pre-order of the actual book, right? Absolutely. So yeah. get, get the book, pre-order it, and then we'll have you back on when people have a book in hand, and then we'll get some more insight from you. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. everything that you do and your yeah. support always. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to one of our sponsors, Cyto Defend. Look, in a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cyto Defend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV. And it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you want to try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle, just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that, but check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing CytoDefend product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com.
Well, that's it for this week. The materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you would like to purchase some of the supplements mentioned on this show, please visit the site as seen on chtv.com and use the code chtv15 for 15% off. Again, that's as seen on chtv.com. Use the code chtv15 for 15% off. And as always, thanks for listening.